This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Sneakers and Cleats, the podcast. Welcome back to the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. It is Friday, September 18th. This is episode 26, and if you're watching on YouTube, you can finally see our faces, which is good or bad, so depending on who you ask. So that is Don Harris. That is Chuck McAtinney. It's bad without TV makeup I and am. stuff. <laughs> we got TV lights, though. Uh, kind of. Yeah, podcast lights. Can't be that <laughs> flattering, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, well, we have video, so big step for the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. And, Hats uh, off to Louise. Yeah, Louise, Yuli, all of them putting, putting all the work in over awesome. here. So very helpful. Uh, now we really can't mess up, guys. Um, so this is number 26. Gentlemen, as always, what do you think of when you think of the number 26? Not as good of a number as uh, some of the other ones. I like your short list that you have here. but <laughs> Is there one I'm missing? I'm always missing one. Well, the one that goes for me, and I just had to look it up to make sure, is Darnell Savage with the Packers is 26. Because Packers he, reference. he started his career as 21 Savage. And, like, like, how could you not keep that for the rest of your playing days since there's already a rapper by the name of 21 Savage? But now he's 26 Savage. So I th- I think there I, that's needs why it's sticking in my head. We need a sneakers and cleats <laughs> bingo card. And it Never. Needs to, we need a bingo card, and it's going to have like Chuck men- mentions the Packers. Matt forgets a number or a player on a or that says or says, or says film video or, film. or shed film. or said filmed. Yes. <laughs> Don mentions uh, somebody you haven't heard of. Yeah, exactly. So that, who that's, I'm getting that's ready just, to do? That's just the first five minutes of every podcast. So. Until <laughs> until this moment, I've never heard the name Dar- Darnell Savage. Never heard of him. Safety, uh, but. I think Chuck's heard of mine. You will not have. Oh, God. The first number that popped into my head was the great Preston Pearson. Nice. Yep. Cowboys. You can, you can check that off the bingo Mid-70s card. Mid-70s Cowboys played with Roger Staubach on those teams. He, he, he came in to spare Tony Dorsett when he got tired. All right. See? Had a people, great, I, people I would never think of. Had a great catch against the Rams in the playoffs. That had there been instant replay, probably would not count today. <laughs> Good thing there was an instant replay then. Yeah, uh, I put down a short list. I, I usually I think of I don't think of Adrian Peterson. I just saw that he had worn twenty six on the on the former Redskins, now Commanders. He's um, always twenty eight. Yeah, he's always twenty eight to me when he's with the Vikings. That's probably who I will say when we get to episode twenty eight on Friday. Uh, Saquon Barkley is a good one. Chase Utley, good one. Uh, Wade Boggs, Jimmy Fox, Rod Woodson. A lot of good 26s, but not, it's not the premier number. Woodson was the second one that came to mind. Woodson's a good one. Uh, big show for us today, gentlemen, as we look back on the another dominant effort that the Cowboys uh, put forth yesterday afternoon against the Jets. Also talk about them, but we'll sprinkle in, sprinkle in a little Roadrunners talk as well. And I have a question if about... Um, your wives watching games because my my wife really um, <laughs> like she loves watching football and loves watching it with me. But when it's only my game on, I just need her to shut up. So we need, we need I need to see oh, how you guys that's handle not this. A good thing to say. I man. didn't say that to her. 
We'll get to it later. Um, you may you may have to edit the show. Look no, at look at just, how red he's getting right now. Yes. I'm always red, guys. Okay? No, you're love. turning redder. <laughs> love you, Jordan. Um, <laughs> the Cowboys are two and zero for the first time since 2019. Last time the Cowboys won each of their first two games of the season by 20 points or more was 1968. Wow, they're the fifth. They are the fifth team in the Super Bowl era to score 70 points and allow 10 or fewer in their first two games prior to the New England Patriots doing it in 2019. Last time that happened was 1970 by the Detroit Lions. So I don't want to talk about the defense right away. I want to talk about the offense. What do you guys like, dislike from the offensive execution yesterday against the Jets, who presumably presumably had a top five defense in the league? The, the best thing I heard all day was Dak postgame say, that's not good enough. We want to score touchdowns on every drive. We didn't do what we wanted to do. We settled for field goals. That's what I wanted to hear. Like, there was also the, this was complimentary football, and, you know, you, the, the goal is to get a win, and we did that, and we scored on all those drives. But the fact that he was owning that they have a long way to go because that's what's going to get them in the playoffs is if they get down there and they need seven and they get three. So, but, you know, I've been a critic of Dak over the years, and I'll, I'll hand this to him. Um, this is the first time in Cowboys history that they've played the first two games of the season without a single turnover. So he's not throwing interceptions, and that's a big step forward. It helps to, that they played oh, some JV. It helps the, that they played JV teams, but. Well, the pick six yesterday. Well, that was, that was gonna, I was going to mention that here in a that, second. Yeah, that wasn't a JV defense that they played, so. To me, I think it's affirmation. You know, the fact that you can win a game where you don't have Brandon Cooks, arguably your number two receiver. They worked the tight ends a little more yesterday. I thought that was good. They looked a little more cohesive on offense than they did in the opener. And obviously, I think you can blame some of that on the weather maybe in New York and the fact that it was the season opener. First time that you're really running everything against somebody else's defense. Uh, to me, the thing that popped out, you talk about com complimentary football, was how the hell do you possess the football for 45 minutes and 15 seconds in a football game? Yeah. I mean, that shows the domination. I mean, you get burned on one explosive play, one lapse play. The rest of it was a blueprint for how you kick some other teams behind. Yeah. Very, it, very impressive. If you in NFL history, I believe the stat was if you hold the ball for 42 minutes or more in NFL history, you're 55 and two. So it's pretty good. It's a pretty good recipe, especially when you're getting as many turnovers as you are. Hats off to Mike McCarthy, man. I mean, he's not in charge of executing down there where they where Dak missed wide open Ferguson in the end zone or whatever. He's calling the right plays and using the right personnel. I thought it was creative the way they used uh, Deuce Vaughn. I thought that, that they brought Rico in in, in key moments. Uh, they let the big dog eat. They went to CD over and over and over again. I think well, they had 12 11, 11 receptions, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean – you want to get the hands of your best players. And then when you do spare Pollard, who did the heavy lifting, you, you bring in the guys and let, you know, swing past a deuce, put him in space. I, th I thought they did a really I good mean, job of, of doing, you know, play calling. They ran the ball 44 times. I mean, it, I think they ran it 33 times the week before, 32 times against yeah. the Giants. So, I mean, they're holding the ball, but – what really stood out to me was the execution and like getting the play in and how fast they were getting the play in because you have 
all this time for Dak to stand at the line and kind of read the defense. Now he's standing on the line with everybody in position with 20 seconds left on the play clock. Play clock. Yeah. There's plenty of time there to figure out, okay, they're running this. They have this guy coming forward. He's blitzing. He's dropping back into coverage. You know, all the things that the quarterback needs to figure out. So that was the thing to me. It's like such a stark contrast to where things are in, on other teams in the league. The Broncos, for example, can't get a plan to save their lives. But I just think that that was the thing that stood out when I was watching. It was how quick Sean or uh, McCarthy is getting the plays into Dak, and Dak can now execute and read the defense. He had a Freudian slip there and said Sean Bay. Yeah. I I have a lot of things Sean going Bay. on. I have a lot of things going on in my head. You about mean, the you, last Monday you mean and Nathaniel last Hackett wasn't, wasn't to blame for everything? I, 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 yeah. yeah. There were a couple moments in that game, too. I know Don and I were watching the game together where I think we said out loud a couple times, this is just one of those plays. It's fourth and short or third and short. They just line up and pound the ball, and it was like, this is McCarthy trying to send an early message that our team is better than your team, and we used, I think, different terminology. Yeah, but big boys. They, I was. A- it really was big boy football yesterday, and I think some of these moments are going to serve them well going forward. The results speak a lot to where they are as a football team right now, but there are also moments where internally you can see Oh, they're kind of feeling themselves right now. I was a little surprised at Dak post game though, because someone asked him about the interceptions, and it's the first time he's gone back to back games without an interception in like a year and a half, two years since the 2021 season. He got a little pissy with the uh, with the media post game. Just he's like, I'm sick of talking about the interceptions. Like, yeah, but he should have thrown one yesterday, and it wasn't just an interception. That should have been a pick six. It by was Sauce a bad Gardner. ball. It was a bad ball. It was late on the right side of the field in the flat. It should have been a pick six, and that should have given uh, that should have gotten the Jets even closer at that point in the game. I think it was 21 to 10 at that point. Well, yeah, at one point, though, he was 13 of 13 completing passes. And then I think they said the goal before the game was to have at least 28 completions. I mean, other than the one, now there were a couple of flawed pass plays, but <laughs> I mean, it's like looking at Cindy Crawford's face and saying, hey, you got a mole on it. I mean, he was pretty <laughs> damn good yesterday. What a reference. <laughs> What about the red zone? Matt, have you ever heard of Cindy Crawford? Yes, I have heard of Cindy Crawford. (laughs) We're saying Selma Hayek is too short, right? Yeah. Come on. I mean, you're you're not wrong. People are really, like, there's an age age thing here on your references. Right, I get it. (laughs) Um, What about the red zone? They were two and six in the red zone when converting into into touchdowns. I mean, I think they kicked five field goals yesterday. So No, I mean... Any football coach, any quarterback worth their salt is going to say it's unacceptable. You got to get six points. You got to get six points down there. Now, the silver lining is we didn't think the Cowboys had a kicker. They do. 55 yard or two. He's five for five. Five for five, 55 yards. He's seven for seven, I think, on the season so far. Look good. But there's too many frustrating plays down there, whether it be a false start that backs you up from the 10 to the 20 or whether you miss a wide-open Jake Ferguson on third down in the back of the end zone. And, you know, look, Dak's always going to have accuracy problems. They're, that's what uh, Coach is doing right now is making him make easier throws. And when he has easy throws, move the football, make it easy for him. But every once in a while, he's going to just miss a guy by 10 yards, throw it over his head. And those are the things that's going to bite you when you play Philly, 
when you play San Francisco, when you get to the playoffs. And that's, you know, Michael Strahan went off yesterday about the Cowboys being this trendy pick and everything and saying he's not in, he's not on the on the train because he's a giant, but because he wants to see him prove it first. In big moments, will they, you know, tie game, two-minute drive, Will he execute those throws? Well, there was a couple of moments yesterday where you could see the Jets getting a little bit of momentum. You get that 68-yarder from Garrett Wilson, or Zach Wilson to Garrett Wilson, and gets a little closer. And then you that that pick six could have changed everything. We don't know, but you see those moments where Dak is almost reverting back to who he was last year and the year before. He's trying to turn a page, and you see him trying to turn the page. But there's moments and and glimpses that just. It gives you pause as a Cowboys fan. Um, let's get to the Cowboys defense because, good God, they're they're so good. Um, I wrote down here, I think that we talked about Micah being the best player on the team or in defensive player in football last week. I think he might be the best player that the Cowboys have had since 1995. Since Emmett? Probably, yeah. Since, since that team with Emmett and Michael and – all the all of them on it. I think he might be the best player. Like I love Demarcus Ware, obviously as a Broncos no, fan. No, no, I he's love better Marcus than Marcus Ware. Ware. Yeah, he's better than Demarcus Ware. He's Demarcus Ware is in Canton, right? Yeah. He's going to Canton. He's be- yeah. I mean, if he keeps on this trajectory, especially after you see what he said yesterday uh, after the game, he's not satisfied with two sacks and four pressures and a forced fumble. He probably thinks he should have returned that one for a touchdown. And if he didn't get touched on the leg, he would have. I mean, he is just ungodly. He's shut. The, the first sack where he stunts inside, I, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody get there quicker. LT. That's fair. I mean, we were talking about this too yesterday. I mean, I think it's, if you're a quarterback in the NFL, you have 2.1, 2.2 to get rid of the football. And on that play, that was less than two seconds. Well, you easily. He, he's so fast to get around. I mean, yeah. in he has to go three gaps over when both of your defensive tackles are slanting towards him, your offensive line basically has to have know it's coming to stop that from happening because he's so fast getting around the defensive tackle and coming through the A-gap. It's just it doesn't make any sense how he's this good. And for his size, the the defensive linemen aren't thinking quick feet. They're, they're first, I mean, offensive linemen. The first thing they're thinking of is engaging and stopping his strength. And so, you know, they're like, okay, here he comes. I, I even if a double team, he'll come through it because he's strong enough to beat anybody, quick enough to go to the outside. So when you're thinking, I've got to engage him and be more powerful than him, and he okie dokes you and just goes right by you like, I don't know, Allen Iverson, man. I mean, he's just his first step's ridiculous. It's just fun to see somebody that good play with that kind of passion, right? That's why he's what he is. I mean, I don't know if anybody loves football more than this guy. Again, we've talked about this before. How do you play like that on the field with this controlled mania? And then you're the sweetest, most thoughtful guy off the field. It's, it's an interesting duality. He's got cooking. It doesn't even seem like he loves football. He just has loves the drive to be the best. He just loves the effort and the work that's put into it. And that's what made Tom Brady so great is that it wasn't the football he loved. It was the, it was the work and that's what he's special. It man. seems like he's Michael really loves. special um, on, on the Cowboys defense as a whole 10 points allowed so far this season in the last game. I'm seven of them on a 68 yard pass that, you know, those things happen. 
Uh, 10 sacks, seven forced turnovers. I mean, three interceptions in the second half against Zach Wilson, who isn't an NFL quarterback, and I think I can say that with pretty confidently at this point. What else can be said about this defense? I mean, they, they're, they're loaded. I mean, if you're going to consider Michael, Micah Parsons a linebacker, okay, fine. But I, I see him as a defensive lineman at this point because of the way he rushes. I think they're loaded everywhere but linebacker, and they're not bad at linebacker. Um, but on the back end, they're so good. And the pass rush and the front set, the front four and the pass rush is the key to everything. The pressures have been the key to everything. And they stopped the run up there, too. They got some, and they're only going to get better. Mozzie's going to get better, and you know they—they're deep. They got a lot of dogs. Yeah, I mean, there was a a video going around, and I don't know if the lip reading is right, but it was attributed to J. Ron Curse singling out each one of the guys on the defense before the game, and he basically looked them all in the eye and said, "You are not to be effed with. You are not to be effed with. You are not to be." And went right down the line. And I mean, I think they played like that. You know, Malik Hooker gets burned on the touchdown and then comes back and makes a pick later in the game. They just got a lot of guys that have a relentless spirit. And then cohesively, the defensive coordinator obviously shares in some of the credit for oh, yeah. bonding all these guys together to think like-minded, to play like-minded. And you're not going to find a whole lot of defenses like this that are that fast every single place on the field. And don't you think that Micah's play elevates everybody else absolutely sure. try to be as good as him well and and micah having a great d-line is the best thing for a good defensive backfield i mean you need pressure on the quarterback and then it makes it so much easier on trayvon Diggs to make plays and not get burned because he doesn't have four seconds to they don't have four seconds to run a double yeah. move against him so he's gonna bite on it every time but if you if they don't have the time to run a double move then he's never gonna get beaten yeah great defensive line is great for your whole football team exactly. now you're talking about working on short fields for your offense yeah it's everything starts there and the worst thing about the defense is the linebacking core but they're taking Leighton van Der Esch off the field and using two more safeties that they have because of the safe safety depth i was wondering why they kept six on their defense on their depth chart coming into the season I learned now that they're using it to substitute as third down linebackers so you can get more speed on the field, almost like a dime defense. This is, yeah, this is what I love about Texas high school football. That Coaches here have adapted a decade ago to doing that kind of stuff where you're removing a linebacker and having to get more speed on the field to match these spread offenses. And so now the NFL is adapting and they're trying to find hybrid guys that can play linebacker and safety. It's, it's like, genius. It's like but Isaiah it's Simmons. Adaptation. It's like people like Isaiah Simmons who can play linebacker or safety just or Jabril Peppers. Like you're getting weapons on the defense just like you do on the offense. So I don't know what it says, though, about um, the competition that the Cowboys have faced so far. The Giants might be the worst team in the league. Second worst behind the Cardinals. The they had Jets, a nice comeback yesterday. Yeah, the Jets, they were down 20 yesterday and came back to win. The Jets don't easy. have a quarterback. So, I mean, they have a JV quarterback who should be a second The Cardinals won't be much of a test. The Cardinals aren't a test. I think the spread on that game is 13 and a half points right now, and that might be light. I don't know what it says. I mean, I know you can only play the schedule that's in front of you, but when you play these three teams, we we thought the Jets would be a competitive game because they had Aaron Rodgers at the beginning of the season. And they, I mean, the Cowboys can't do anything about that it's not like they probably wish they played Aaron Rodgers at this point but what are the Cowboys really proving by kicking the crap out of out of this competition that they're Dude, playing? this is the NFL you yeah. take every win you can get and don't work right worry about the Niners the week of the Niners game right but right now before and oh walk over the cupcakes you're you're Texas A&M 
you're you're going to take the Louisiana Monroe's wins whenever you can get them because Tennessee and Alabama's coming. Yeah, and I mean, a month ago we weren't talking about the Giants being crappy or the or Jets the being Jets. crappy. Yeah, you know, and especially you have to you know win a division game on the road. So, you know, I can guarantee you this: whatever the Cardinals look like right now. They may or may um, I shouldn't use them as an example. Those first two teams, the Giants and the Jets, are going to look completely different by the end of the year. I would think they're going to get better as the years go along. As the year goes along, I can't speak to the Cardinals because I'm not really <laughs> sure what's going on there. They're, open, they they're to openly do a tanking. They're, tank, yes, <laughs> they're openly right, tanking right in the middle of the season. <laughs> Again, you know, a lot has yet to be. The story has yet to be told, but. I mean, if you're going to go out and win an NFL football game the way that the Cowboys do, I don't care who you're playing. It's impressive. Win. Take the wins. Right now, do you think that the Cowboys are the best team in football? Man, I hate to make predictions or assumptions. Just right now. Two weeks in. Right now. Two weeks in. Yeah, sure. Why not? No. I think the Niners are. Really? Yeah. I think we're going to find out in week five. I think the Cowboys are the best team in football. Best defense. I'll give them the best defense. They're definitely the best defense. Yeah. Um. So I wanted I wanted to ask so the the worst way to lose a football game as a fan. There's a lot of there's always that debate. Like, would you rather get blown out by fifty or would you rather lose a close game? I don't think there's a worse way to lose a game than the Broncos did yesterday. <laughs> that you're you're up twenty one to three, you end up going down thirty five to twenty four. You're like, all right, cool, the game's over. You score on the hail mary to make it thirty three to thirty five, and then you don't get the two point conversion which means that you on lose a no call on a no been, yeah, yeah on, on a cra- on a crappy yeah. call. So as a fan is w- which way would you rather go? Would you rather lose by 50 or lose like that? Lose by 50 because then in the third quarter you can turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> as a football fan, I don't know. I I think either way is tough. I mean, but I mean, I always think back to, you know, some of the Packer losses that are just gut-wrenching. I mean, they've lost playoff games on walk-off fashion. They've lost playoff games where they never touched the ball on offense. You know, they've lost playoff games where they had a three-score lead with under five minutes left to go. I mean, those are those are tough. And, I mean, those are the ones that, you know, even to this day, you'll see it pop up on YouTube, you know, hey, rewatch this. There's, I, can't, I still can't go back and watch those games. And you'd think you'd be over some of them since they're as old as they are. They've won playoff but, games where Des Bryant caught it and got robbed. Yes, I, I've always maintained, too, <laughs> you catch the, it? The, the NFL deprived us of watching Aaron Rodgers go right down the field and win a football game. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. And Dez will die on that hill, too, that he caught that yeah, ball. Yeah, I mean, it he looked like a catch to everybody but the league. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but that goes to what The was... worst way to lose a game ever was the only time it's ever happened, and that was in college football when Baylor – had the ball and the lead on the last snap of the game. Should be victory formation, take an E, sayonara. But Kevin Steele, who's been a defensive coordinator in the NFL since, was the head coach at Baylor, didn't last, because in his infinite wisdom, he decided, you know, we're on the UNLV three. I want to... I want to send a message to my team that we're going to finish the game. And he decides to run a dive play to try to score another touchdown, even though he had the lead and the ball with two seconds to go. That's Coughs it up, 99 the other way, lose the game. Or what? Or the uh, Alabama and Auburn, 
the the kick six. Kick six. The kick six is a bad one. The miracle in the Meadowlands was uh yeah. the jet was it Jets? Jets in that no, was Eagles. Giants Eagles. Giants Eagles, right. Herm I just remember it was Herm. Return. Yeah. I got Joe Pasarczyk handing off to Larry Zonka. Yeah. Lose lose the Dez game like they did, and then have to go in the locker room and get Dez, but you blow it and you don't get Dez. Then what? Is that what happened? That did happen to me. <laughs> and I had to beg Dez at the end of it to please talk again because he stopped in front of the locker room. And by the time he stopped in front of this small doorway at Lambeau Field, the cameras were already 25 deep. And so we made the decision, I made the decision to go get Jerry first, thinking, well, Jerry's going to, he'll tell you like it is. And of course, Jerry was the ultimate sportsman after that game, didn't say anything inflammatory towards anybody, saluted the Packers, basically. So now I'm thinking, what am I going to do? How am I going to get on a plane? I let my station down. I let Don's station down. I let everybody down. They send you all this way to get the only thing that you would need to get from this game, which is Dez talking about the, the only catch. play that this play will be remembered for, this game will be remembered for. And I still owe Des Bryant a malt beverage of his choice for <laughs> not only talking, but talking better than he did the first time because there were fewer cameras around him. And we got to basically grill him on the play. And so sometimes you live to tell about it, but I, I saw my whole career. It was a victory. <laughs> it was a victory. I saw my whole career flash. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I mean, you're, like, you're you still can't here. go there. You can't go there and not get that story. Yeah. Right. So well, it's you fair. were you were Ray Allen in Game Six, man. You made the three. That's yeah, you know, fortune favor the foolish every now and then. Well, the reason I'm asking is, yesterday while we're sitting there, Jordan is a Chiefs fan, so she's already happy that they won. But while she's watching her game, she's very um, yippy, I guess. Like whenever Patrick's about to get his, ha 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 ha, it's a lot. Of, there's a lot of that going on. <laughs> And so when the Bron so the Broncos were so the you last had the, the quad thing going on is that what you no doing? we so we have red zone and then I have a sh then whoever's game is on we stream it on our laptop okay so well now you can watch them both on a big screen we can um, so we're watching red zone and then her game's on the the Chiefs win as always um, not bitter about that at all and then the Broncos game starts and the Broncos are for some reason played longer and later than everybody else yesterday yeah. so. While they're getting their butts kicked in the second half, I'm sitting there just stewing, watching the game with one eye open. And then Jordan, all the other games end, so Jordan's full attention is now on the Broncos game. And now she's yipping about the, the Broncos game whenever Russell Wilson's about to get sacked. Oh, 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 oh. So you're okay with the yipping on the no, Chiefs? No, I'm okay with the yipping on the Chiefs, but I'm already sitting there hating, the, hating life because the Broncos just gave up an 18-point victory that they were, or an 18-point lead, and now they're down by 11. So what do you say... To, is she yipping for you? She's whipping for me. Okay. She, she's trying to be encouraging. What do, you say to your, what do you say to your significant other in nothing, that scenario? Nothing. <laughs> Let her yip. If she's on your side, that's support, Matt. I, look, I, I looked at her and I was like, hey, I love you and I appreciate it, but please stop. <laughs> yeah. Just go and over then, to the rival, be a, be a rival's Chiefs fan. It's a would, lot easier at this point. You can always circle back and be a Bronco fan. The Broncos player. haven't beat the Chiefs in the entire duration of the time that Jordan and I have been together. And I don't even know what I'll do if I'll it ever happens. I'll tell you the same thing my dad told me, the same thing I've told both of my two sons. And there's something I 100% believe with you and Jordan. You won the wife lottery. <laughs> okay? 
Just don't don't mess it up. <laughs> don't screw it up. Don't you oh you outkicked your coverage. Right? You're the big winner here. I made the I was the Hail Mary that got completed at the end You're of the, the game. You're the big winner here, Matt. <laughs> Yip away, Jordan. Yip away. Except when the Broncos <laughs> don't get the two point conversion, then don't yip. Right. Then we went on and took the dog for a walk, and I was just like stewing. I was like, can you hurry up and crap? Let's go. Um anyway, let's get to the road. It's just runners. football. Yeah, it's just just football. <laughs> um that's the best thing about fandom though, investing everything into yeah. something that ultimately means nothing, right? Uh, let's get to the Roadrunners. Friday night, very disappointing to say the least. Um, Coach Trailer simply said that they're not a good football team right now. Um, what did you guys think watching that game and, and kind of how it turned out? Everything that can go wrong for UTSA this year has. The schedule, the injuries, uh, Frank not being able to go in this one. Uh, turned out to be not too bad. Eddie Ely played his tail off, and and there yeah, was Frank some, wasn't the issue. There are some signs there, boy, that they're you know this kid this kid can really throw the football. Um, they got they got dominated by a physically inferior team, and I I just tip my cap to Army on that. That's a team that knows how to execute. You know these are our nation's best. These guys are going to school at West Point. They get two minutes to shower and wake up at four o'clock in the morning and are studying nuclear physics physics and stuff, you know. These are sharp kids. And they just they just kick their butt. That's all that you can say and tip your cap to them, man. Um UTSA's bigger, stronger, faster and they weren't in that game. And, no, they weren't. And uh talk about, you know, time of possession Army had it 45 minutes. Yeah, I mean, every time you look at the screen Army's driving. I mean, they had one I think they had one drive that was two plays, 80 yards, they had a 55-yard halfback pass and then a 35 yarder after that, but every drive besides that was like 6 minutes long, converting fourth downs and like it's, 6 for 6. It's hard it's hard to stop someone when you know they're going to go for it on fourth down, but they have a fourth and four and a four or a fourth and two and you're just like you have to defend for all four downs. Yeah, they were good. Agree. I, I didn't watch the game. I was watching on my ticker, and when I turned on my phone, I couldn't believe they were down 17-7. I'm like, wait a second. I mean, how does this happen when they played so well defensively, I thought, against a G.J. Kenny team that just scored 70-something this weekend against Jackson State? So I think I was a little surprised by that, given what UTSA had showed defensively the first two games, and – I guess in the final analysis, it's like I thought the defense was better. And then, you know, Don was telling me that Wonder Boy from Smithson Valley got hurt in that game. And yeah. that doesn't help because I think a lot of times you get your energy from guys like him. I mean, clearly that guy's going to be a really sought after NFL player, too. Trey yeah. Moore, we're talking about. I was, so. was going to ask that as well. It's like you lose Frank, you lose Makai Hart, you already down JT Clark, and now you lose. Tr Trey Moore. It's like I mean, there's arguably four. Your, those are your, your four best, best players. players. Well, yeah, probably. Yeah. Those are four of your five best players. Yeah, difference so makers. It's and it's hard to win any game without those guys. But it's just it seems like the same story as last year, where their team is just a mash unit as you get into later on in the season. Ch Trailer said something this morning that you know he's trying to you know find the silver lining and they'll probably get hammered at Tennessee and then they have an off week and. The book he starts, he says, starts chapter five. You know, chapter five through 12 is going to be the meat of the book. And so you can't get too discouraged about non-conference. 
Now, this is easy to say when you win 12 games the last two years and you're, you're looking at a six-loss season or whatever, five losses. But you can still be conference champions in the new AAC, you know, if you're healthy and you get guys back. I think Trey Moore is going to miss another week or two. I could see him missing Tennessee in the bye week and then being back. Uh, trailer surprised me today saying Frank is day-to-day, and then if he is 100%, he won't hold him out. I thought for sure he'd hold him out against Tennessee, use the bye week, and then go full bore for conference play. He said that he could play. He might play this week. I doubt it. I doubt it. JT Clark's getting closer. So what if you go into conference play at Temple in Philadelphia, two, one and – You'd be one and three. One and three, and you're you're – fully ready to go you know um it's still it's just coming off of the year that they had last year and the year before that it's just in all the hype coming in of one last ride from frank harris and and jeff trailer all these guys coming back and kavorian barnes looks good but is now fumble has fumble issues apparently and it's just kind of a disappointment to see a one and two start when you start with not three cupcakes you have a really good uh team in houston that starts off and then two cupcakes i'm gonna put that in air quotes the games that you should win and you lose I, you one know, of them they should have beaten army right they're a 10 point favorite but that was never a gimme that game went to overtime last year army and them are and, equal yeah i think it goes back to what we've talked about repeatedly on this show is that these games are hard to win i don't care who you're playing i mean the other team gets paid you know they got nil nil deals they got coaches they get large sums of money i mean these games are not easy it's easy you know it's not complex to look at a schedule and go yes they should win 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 and you know it's the the same problem that a and m fans fight every single week that they should win every single game it's like you're getting everybody's best punch every single game army knew that they needed to be ready for this game texas state knew that they needed to be ready for that game u of h knew based on the year before that utsa wasn't going to be a rollover these games are hard to freaking win yeah and now you're talking about attrition which happens to every team so who's going to be the deepest at the end and it's every single level i mean at at the high school level we're seeing it already with you know these great players that are going down and they're hard to replace and then replace on the fly and then if you go back to like with a and m last year you lost so many guys you know everybody's yelling and screaming at jimbo well open up the playbook we need a new play caller it's like well if the true freshman doesn't understand (laughs) the entire playbook or is not hasn't been coached enough because of limited amount of time that you can practice or a finite number of days that you could practice it's hard to win football games. It's hard to open up the playbook when nobody knows what the hell the playbook is because they haven't been in the system long enough. Yeah. So, again, I, it just goes back. Everything goes back to you're literally week to week, and then let's see how this plays out. And I think you you could take a look at UTSA's schedule three weeks ago and say, Houston, that's a loss. Could win it. Game they should have won. Could win it, but I'm going to say Houston at Houston, that's a loss. Texas State, that's a win. Army, that's a win. So now, where are we? One game off? You know, they're they're one and two instead of two and one. Going to Tennessee, that's a loss. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not like they've lost four in a row to Alabama, Birmingham, and Charlotte. And I mean, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. I think I still think that they have the team to turn this around. And quite honestly, if Frank can't go for a couple of weeks. I think the offense is in good hands with Eddie Lee Marburger. ELM looked really good. Like, just giving him a couple of seconds here, ELM looked great. He, ELM. He had, ELM. You got a nickname for him. 
I don't want to say Eddie Lee Marburger all the time. Okay. <laughs> ELM looked really good. Sounds like uh, ELO, the Electric Light Orchestra. Oh, wow. Now I got all kinds of bad songs bouncing through <laughs> my head. And I got to have to sing one here. I was going to say, speaking of bad songs. No, I'm just kidding. Not, not uh, a bad song. <laughs> no, he, he's got a he's got a rocket for a right arm. <laughs> Showing why he passed for 8,000 yards in high school. <laughs> he can play. Um, last thing regarding. And Devin McEwen. Freshman wide receiver, speedster out of Jacksonville. Oh, Ogle Kellogg also showing out uh, on Friday. Tyke. Yeah, Tyke. Tyke Ogle Kellogg showing out as well. Should we? Can we come up with a TOK? TOK for him. Yeah. <laughs> Give an abbreviation. ELM to TOK. Uh, um, and I keep saying. I mean, I know we all thought that Cephas was a pro, but Cephas is really a pro. Yeah. Cephas is really good. Yeah. It was a sixty-four or 44 yarder that he he took to the house it's his separation like when he runs routes he's always really wide open like it's it's never just a little wide open he seems like he it's all you can eat for him all the time yeah and and i think we all agree that i think it's a 14 points 13 and a half point spread against tennessee i think tennessee's gonna just kill him especially coming off a loss i saw that spread and i gotta tell you i I was gonna that Tennessee give the points 14 and I think 14's being really nice I think they, I, I, they, I that should be like that, spread. that should be and, 20 and that should be 20 and a half. You based on their performance on Friday night again short week there's a lot goes into it you're banged up and you got the short week I know I'm making excuses for them but maybe they'll surprise us Saturday at Tennessee I know that was one on the schedule that they were all thinking about you know maybe not looking ahead but Clearly, there's certain games on the right. calendar that you mark. And there's only one place that has more people than Rocky Top. That's Big House in Michigan. Yep. There's going to be 103, 104,000 people there. I mean, we saw one Texas team go into a hostile environment and win with 103,000 people uh, last week. And so. and last year, don't, don't I mean, last year, te- uh, UTSA was just like Wyoming last week against Texas. They went into Austin and were in the game the going fourth, in the yeah. go of the fourth quarter. So, all those guys come back. Rocky Top will not be intimidating. You know, I don't think, you know, Tennessee, though, is coming off a loss that they're not happy about. You don't want to ever see Yeah, that. no, they they got their butts kicked by Florida, yeah. and Florida's not a great football team this Lots year. Lots of so. incentive, too, for guys that think they're pros because the scouts will say, yeah. what did you do with when you had Tennessee? When you're playing against the SEC. Well, Those guys know that. Yeah. yeah. So let's get out of here uh, with a wager being paid off. Uh, Churchill, oh. Churchill losing or beating Madison by one point in overtime last Monday. You guys were off the pod on Wednesday and Friday, so here we are. How, I, I, I wrote the lyrics down for you as well. So you know what? That was big league of you because <laughs> uh, the, I which would one? Not the fight song I don't or the school know. song? Churchill fight song. Yeah, I don't That's even. That's go you Chargers, take it all the way. Fight you, fight you Chargers is what they have on the on the okay, website. Okay, down the field, another win today. Got it for you on the rundown. I'm not looking. <laughs> if you fail, we'll lend a helping hand. Oh, here we go. This has nothing to do with your fight song, by the way. <laughs> but I figured if we're going to do this, we're going to do it my way. <laughs> so we're going to do a little spoken word, Don Harris. I love it. <laughs> okay. Fight, you chargers. Take it all the way. Round the end. Another win today. If you should fall, we will lend a helping hand. Red, black, white, the greatest 
in the in land. The land. <laughs> We're behind you all the way tonight. Victory will shine. We're going to go, go fight. fight. Win, Chargers. Oh, it's varsity. Oh, you're messing me up. Oh, now I just dropped the word. <laughs> we'll uh, the worst. Okay. <laughs> Let's just do it again. It's, we're going to go fight with varsity? It is. Well, according to Matthew, okay. you think I know the Churchill fight song? The only thing I, I just know copy about and paste it from the website. We're going to go Winston fight. Churchill, Win. upon your grave we spit. Because that's, that's what we used to say at Madison. Okay. That's a school song. Oh, God. Did I do enough? <laughs> yeah, I said I, I was going to just do one bar. I, so. That was that was great. That was so big much. Time, that was time, so much more time. than I expected, and, and more. That should just be our song from now on. Just have this behind us. At I, all time. That's good for my blood pressure. I right. like that tune. <laughs> jazz like that. music, royalty-free background, cafe music, jazz, no copyright, Creative Commons music. Is Thank that, you. Is that the one you didn't cover on that one package that we I like that. at the beginning? Are you saying that I get to be fairly redundant with my use of music <laughs> on my stories, Matthew T. No. Roy? No, never. Okay. <laughs> Whatever's already in interplay gets used. <laughs> yes and yes. All right, guys. Well, I, don't, I can't imagine ending on a better note than that. So that's all we got for today. Heck of a weekend for Texas football teams. We'll be back on Wednesday for the high school hype squad. Break down the week five slate of the high school of high school football. Preview the TNL matchup between Sam Houston and Edison. Remember, you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast, and on YouTube, which is better now because we have video. You can see how hard we were all just laughing at. The <laughs> Um, I lost my spot. Please download, rate, review, subscribe. Give us a five Wherever star Wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, exactly. And on YouTube. Give us uh, some feedback. Thank you all for tuning in today. If you have any suggestions about what you want to see, how to make the show better, let us know. For now, we will see you here on Wednesday on the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. That was funny. <laughs> that was so good. That was so much better than what I had expected. <laughs> Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.